It's Essential Pittsburgh. I'm Paul Guggenheimer. The recent case of a 49-year-old Pennsylvania woman with a rare kind of E. coli infection sounded the alarm that a superbug case had finally reached American soil. The woman was treated and released and reportedly has no other medical problems related to the bacteria. But the superbug is resistant to many antibiotics, and the concern is that the rare mutant E. coli could potentially create an unstoppable superbug. I'm joined now in studio by Joseph McCormick of Duquesne University's Bayer School of Natural and Environmental Sciences. Dr. McCormick, welcome to Essential Pittsburgh. Hello. It's nice to be here. And you can join the conversation with a comment or a question at 412-246-2002. That's 412-246-2002. Email is esspgh at wesa.fm and on Twitter at ESSPGH. Again, the number 412-246-2002. So, Dr. McCormick, let's start by having you explain what a superbug is and whether that is even the proper title for something like that. Okay, well, let's go first. So, the for for the organism that they found here in Pennsylvania, the, the term superbug is probably not the, the best term for that. It was resistant to one of the at last resort antibiotics, but it was not resistant to everything. So the superbug would really be resistant to everything. So it picked up uh, the gene that allowed it to be resistant to a compound called colistin. Um, But as you pointed out, it it was treatable. So, uh, but where this woman got the organism, uh, we don't know. So there are good bacteria and uh, antibiotics. However, uh, has an overuse of antibiotics and hand sanitizers placed us at risk? Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, antibiotics have been around for eons, and bacteria out in the soil and other places are in combat with each other. Uh, So that's why they're there. Uh, We only began to use them uh, really after World War II. And so constant use of them, both in medicine or people sort of look at them as a magic bullet. I, I'm sick, give me an antibiotic. Um, and then also all the uh, uh, products that we use to feed livestock. 70% of the bio- antibiotics that are used are actually given to animals and not to humans. Uh, and, and, and evolution works in ways that, you know, if you, if you select for something, you're going to get it. So if we keep using antibiotics, we will select for things that are resistant to antibiotics. And those genes typically end up on pieces of DNA that can move around. And, and so that's the real concern uh, is that these genes can jump and move. And so if you take an antibiotic, you can actually select for good bacteria to be resistant. Mm-hmm. And then those genes from your good bacteria can then move into uh, a pathogenic bacterium. Okay, so um, let, let's backtrack here sure. because I, I'm, I'm guessing that some of this might be confusing to people, particularly okay. those of us who are not in the medical profession. Uh, you know, there's, there have been these bugs, these viruses that are out there, mm-hmm. uh, potentially deadly, uh, you know, before, certainly before World War II. Uh, it was, what, the 50s that we came up with all the vaccines, right, mm-hmm. generally speaking? So all of a sudden, uh, things that can prevent... Um, you know, deadly viruses from overtaking our bodies, things that can, that we contract 
uh, that we want to deal with efficiently, uh, we've got these antibiotics that we can use. Uh, so this has been really a relatively new phenomenon in the course of history, that for the last 60 years we've, we've had this means to deal with, with a bug or a superbug, if you will. So now what it sounds like you're saying is that all of a sudden, as with any other th- as with a lot of other things we put in our bodies, we build up a resistance to them and that the antibiotics are something we are building up a resistance to? We aren't, but the, but the uh, bacteria are. So I'm glad you used the word also virus because I think that's one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have is that uh, viruses, uh, antibiotics don't do anything at all to viruses. So if you have a viral infection, taking an antibiotic doesn't help at all. Hmm. They're only useful against bacterial infections. Okay. And so as a human, you tend to have bacterial infections either when you're very young, before the age of one or so, and when you're very old. But most of the rest of our lives, the infections that we get are viral, and antibiotics won't do anything at all against them. Okay. <laughs> so that's, you know, so, so people have sort of that as association. I, I get sick. Uh, I, I need an antibiotic, and then I, f- I got better, so the antibiotic must have done something. But in reality, for viral infections, it, it wasn't doing anything. Your own body was doing it. And... Hmm. So then, all right. <laughs> uh, so then in the case of a superbug, a, 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 something that an infection or, or a, um, a bacteria that is resistant to mm-hmm. to everything, mm-hmm. and, and and you're saying that what this woman in Pennsylvania, this this now famous case of this 49 year old woman who who gets an E. coli infection, and everybody's like, whoa, this is it, this is the superbug, it's finally invaded our shores. Uh, so apparently that was not the case. Yes, but a little but, bit of hype. All right, a little bit of hype there, <laughs> but, but still concern. Well, sure, because um, you know we're wondering what's going on here. So so are there are there bacteria? That has that is uh, that is now impervious to uh, to some kind of antibiotic or any kind of antibiotic, and if so, why? Why is that happening? Well, the if so, why that's happening is because that's sort of the way selection and evolution works. That if we select for something, you know, if there's a way to do it, nature will figure it out. The reason that they become resistant to multiple antibiotics is because frequently the genes for resistance to compound A end up on the same DNA molecule as the resistance gene for compound B and then C and then D and E. And so they, they, these things tend to, to move together from one bacterium to another so that even if you select for one or you're taking one antibiotic and it becomes resistant to that one, it frequently can simultaneously become resistant to multiple other compounds, if that makes sense. Okay, so, so how is an overuse of antibiotics, hand sanitizer, all these things we're doing to protect ourselves are, are putting us more at risk? They are. Why? Well, we become sort of a. I I look. I don't want to say we've we've raised a generation of um, germaphobes that are (laughs) (laughs) that are very um, concerned about everything that they touch, and want to 
have hand sanitizers and antibiotics. Is that a bad? Is that a bad thing? Well, yes, but that's that's how you get superbugs, <laughs> because you you're selecting for those sorts of things. You're selecting for resistance in your beneficial bacteria, and then those genes can move from the good bacteria to the harmful bacteria. And that's the problem. You say that more than 99% of all bacteria in this world are our friends. Absolutely. What, what do you mean by that? Well, first off, you're a human, and I'm a human. I hope so. <laughs> I think last time I checked, I yes. don't know. So we have human cells. Right. Well, uh, in and on your body, there are 10 times more bacterial cells than there are human cells. We're outnumbered. Um, so are you, you 10 times more bacterial cells? So are you a human or are you... Uh, a, a conglomerate. Uh, your microbiome is the word that biologists use to describe that. Um, um, and I forgot what the next question. So, 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 so we we walk around and we we refer to ourselves as conglomerates. And yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there, so the good bacteria are in in and on your body, right? Taking up spaces, doing good things for you, uh, helping to process the food that you eat, helping to produce. Um, vitamins that you need helping to you know they're, they're doing all these things for you they talk to your cells your cells talk back to them your intestinal tract will only develop properly if it has bacteria in it talking to your cells telling them what to do if if you will right um, and and they do things out in the real world that nobody else can do we can only be here on this earth because they were here first we can only still be here on this earth because they're here now doing things for us uh, that we cannot do. No other organism on this earth can do except for them. So don't, so don't, don't kill your friends. Don't kill the bacteria. So, so don't use the hand sanitizers. Well, you know, washing your hands perfectly good. If the act of washing is good enough, the act of you know, soap and water is good. You know, if, if you're in a situation where you you don't have access to hand washing, then yes. If you're in a medical setting, if I were an MD and I'm going patient to patient to patient or nurse or an aide or um, people who are already um, have issues and problems are weakened, weakened immune systems, their hand sanitizers make perfect sense. But just in your day-to-day, -day, I just touch my own keyboard, I better use hand sanitizer. Uh, I, I, you know, I come in here and I look around and I, you know, we're, I put on these headphones and I think, well, I wonder how many other bacteria mm -hmm. I've just shared with other people in your microphone and your, mm -hmm. um, they're, they're, they're all around us. Right. Uh, they're not hurting us. They're mainly doing helpful things for us. So why the heck are people telling us? Use the sanitizer. What you know? Wash. You spend. Well, those are commercials. Those are companies that want to sell, sell that to you. <laughs> what about antibiotics? Uh, they should be used sparingly, uh, only when you need them. You know, I've it, in the past. 30... And when do you need them? When 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 do you know that you need them? And when is the use of them superfluous? Most of the time, it's superfluous. Okay. <laughs> You'll what you know. Um, in, most of the time. Most of the time. The people think they need them. Most of the time that it's prescribed or most of the time that people are running to the pharmacy to get a prescription? Oh, certainly almost every time they run to the pharmacy to get a prescription. Almost every time. Okay. In, in 35 years, I've, I've taken an antibiotic myself less than the number of fingers on one hand. 
I would. I probably would say that I'm the, right where you are with yeah. that. I well, that's that's great. Okay. So but how, how are people you, over? Every time you get a sinus infection, you don't need an antibiotic. Every time you have a cough, every time you have a fever, every time you have, uh, you're feeling a little off. Uh, you know, get some rest, take some fluids, eat properly. You're you're going to be okay. All right. Well, and they're viral, <laughs> and the antibiotics aren't going to do anything anyway. That's Dr. McCormick, Joseph McCormick. He's with Duquesne, Duquesne University's Bayer School of Natural Environmental Sciences. We're visiting him in, with him in this first segment, talking about uh, the superbug, as it is called. And uh, we'll talk about the, the, the threat that they may be uh, globally and also what uh, Dr. McCormick thinks scientists should do. But we also are entertaining your questions at 412-246-2002. And we have uh, Larie. Uh, or Lurie from Edgewood. Hi, welcome. I hope I hope I'm saying your name correctly. I'm hoping I was, uh, you know, one of those two was right. Hi. Yeah. The the first was Lurie. Lurie. Yes. Oh, very a very interesting name, and I'm guessing you have an interesting question. Uh, yeah, I was wondering what your speaker's perspective on um, the use of antibiotics, uh, mainly unregulated use of antibiotics in industrial farming. Uh, is and how that contributes to um, superbugs growing in comparison to, you know, what he's been speaking on, like uh, sanitizers and um, overprescription. Um, my understanding is one has a much bigger effect than the other. Okay. But I was curious on his perspective. All right. Well, hang on, Larry, and and uh, we'll let uh, we'll let Joseph McCormick uh, answer that. So yes, the antibiotics are working differently than than hand sanitizers, but you've hit the nail on the head. I think that we uh, need to be uh, good stewards, good have good stewardship of the antibiotics. The farming industry, you know, if they they dump them into the feeds, uh, the food production goes up. They the, per animal, they can get more meat per animal. However, of course, the same thing we're talking about when you when you take an antibiotic. Or it's no different than if you take an antibiotic or a pig or a cow or a chicken takes an antibiotic, you're doing the same thing. You're selecting for resistance in good bacteria, and then those resistance genes can be passed to the harmful bacteria. And so, yes, the farming industry is, is a big uh, sort of reservoir for uh, antibiotic resistance. And I think we've sort of... Uh, curtailed the free use of antibiotics in human medicine, but they are the same antibiotics that are being used in farming. And um, that's also... So if we're eating the meat, then we're in, ingesting some of that, or what's the deal? No, it's just then the, the bacteria that live in or on those cows or pigs are, mm -hmm. um, become resistant, pick up these genes, and that then they can pass them off to other things. Such as... The organisms in your body. Okay, that's so. That's how it affects us. Yep. All right. DNA moves around in the real world. Larie, uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, uh, that's that's great. And I was curious if he's looked into um, any kind of uh, policies that would would impact um, that arena. I, I understand he's a, a doctor, so maybe policies more towards human medicine would be where his expertise would be, but. Um, curious on sort of what we can do about that aspect of things, too. Well, I think as consumers, I think part of that is just the, uh, you know, that's part of the reason why I'm here to share my passion for the education and get people to understand what antibiotics do and they, they don't do. Uh, and um, 
and then we just need to again want ask our uh, the industry and the food industry and and our Congress and and the lawmakers and policymakers to uh, do the right thing uh, in terms of the laws or the regulations that we need. Personally, I'm I'm a sort of more microbial geneticist. Um, been working in bacteria for a long time, but but what are the right things? What do you advocate? I'm advocating that we don't just dump antibiotics into the food. That yes, you know, by doing that, it allows the farm industry to raise more crowded animals. Uh, it allows them to get them to market faster. It allows them to raise larger animals, but it's it's a dangerous double-edged sword. Uh, so maybe too, as a population. You know, do we really need to eat meat at every meal? Do we need? Um, That's what they said years ago, but I think more and more people are getting away from that. Yes. Um, Larie, thank you for that question. I appreciate that. So let's get back to uh, talking about superbugs. Are, are superbugs a threat to global health? And if so, uh, how can we stop the spread of them? Well, they are, they are a threat to global health and that they're a threat because now it's so easy to get on a plane in anywhere in the world and be someplace else in less than 24 hours. So it's not just a problem in the U.S., but it's a problem around the world. And we're not the only country that has this problem, and we have to sort of work together. So we can do things to help locally, but we still have global issues so, always going So what on. do we need to do? Educate, like just continue, continue to educate the lawmakers who are talking to policymakers in China, in India, in other places, large, really large countries, uh, and, and get them to understand, too, because here you can only get an antibiotic with a prescription. In other countries in the world, you can walk up to almost anything, any pharmacy, and buy any of these without a uh, prescription. So in other countries, there, there is no almost no control. So, and that's what's creating the problem of antibiotic resistance. Because, again, people keep thinking, I need to have it. I, I'm, I have a cough, a cold, a fever. I need to take an antibiotic. But you really have a cough or a cold or fever because you have a virus, and the antibiotics are doing absolutely nothing. And, and the overuse of them is creating the resistance. Right. And that's you a just problem. Keep, you just keep selecting and selecting and selecting. So that's becoming a growing concern in this country. How worried are, how worried are you about this? That I will No, that just about just in general yeah. about the situation. Uh, are you yeah. alarmed? Is it is it is it something that uh, is uh, you know if we if we, if we if we reached a crisis stage? Uh, it's always at the back of your mind when you when you understand you know sort of how bacterial genetics work and how these things select. But um, we're not. Yeah, I mean, you know, the day is coming if we keep doing it around the world, not just mm -hmm. us, but I'm talking all humans. We if keep we, overusing antibiotics. If we keep overusing antibiotics. Lowering our resistance. We will get back to the stage in or, the, before the 50s or the, you know, when you all all it took was a little scratch that became infected that, that you ended up with sepsis and septicemia because nothing's going to work. So if this continues, it, we could potentially get to the situation where a small a small scratch could be could lead to uh, really catastrophic effects. What should scientists do? I mean, that's part of why I'm here today is just to talk about these things and 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 share our uh, expertise and understanding with with people so that we can 
Yeah, that's the difference. I'm not here to sell a product. I'm not here to sell hand sanitizers. I don't work for a big pharmaceutical company. I want you to buy something from me. I want to tell you how things work and why they work. So, and I and I said earlier lowering resistance, but I, I think I, what I meant was the the overuse of antibiotics is is raising the resistance of the bacteria to the antibiotic. So you're defeating the purpose of what you ultimately want to accomplish, which is to be uh, bacteria free. Yes, N- not of uh, the bad bacteria. Yeah. In in the practical sense, we have so many people. You you probably know them who or maybe grandmas and grandpas who stockpile. Uh, a few pills of this or that antibiotic, uh, you know, you really do have to do things properly. If you get a prescription, take the whole thing as prescribed. Don't save them. Don't pass them on. Don't self-treat. Taking one pill here, here or there does absolutely nothing. Defeats the purpose except for keep encouraging your good bacteria to become resistant, and then they can pass off those genes to harmful bacteria. Got it. Finally, I, I think that that is the uh, the clearest. Uh, yes. Please do not. <laughs> yes. Misuse antibiotics. Four one two two four six two thousand and two. We'll take a couple of calls before we wrap up. Uh, starting with Darla in Squirrel Hill. Hi, Darla. Welcome. You're you're on with Doctor Doctor Joseph McCormick, and you're and it's a Hi. cameo appearance by your dog. Yeah, I I'm trying to get away from them, but they just keep following. Well, that's okay. Just uh, go okay, ahead with um, your question. Yes. So my question is, I have uh, a couple grandchildren, but particularly one of them that is concerning. He's 17 months old, and from pretty much from the day he was born, he has had um, continual sinus infection, ear infections, uh, cough. He goes to daycare. But my concern is that he's been on antibiotics probably since the day he's been born. They continually keep treating him with um, this antibiotic or that antibiotic, and he never gets better. I mean, he constantly has uh, some kind of cold, infection. So my question is, and then they finally sent him to an infection control doctor to get, um, you know, more information. But my concern is, how do they tell when to put the child on an antibiotic, and is this going to harm him in the long term? Like, I'm really concerned that... All right, let's let uh, Dr. McCormick answer that, Darla. So, so your grandchild is is getting to be about that age that a lot of things are going to change. The that they are getting large enough, and and their bodies are changing. So, so some of these things will go away with, um, with age. In particular, things like ear infections. How many adults do you know that get an ear infection? Not too many. Uh, it's the, the young, really young children get ear infections because your ear tubes are slanted differently when you're first born, and they can uh, accumulate uh, bacteria in there. But as your 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 body grows, your the shape of your ear chambers change, and you stop getting those ear infections. So he's he or she is about at that age to do that. But I understand your concern, and 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 at least. You know, unless I knew more about the medical, maybe other medical issues, uh, I'm a little hesitant to, to 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 give you medical advice. But well, she's saying that 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 uh, and Darla's off right now, but I'm sure she's listening. She's saying that her her uh, grandson 
uh, has been on these antibiotics almost since the time he was born. So yeah. at what point uh, will things start to change? She's worried about, yes. obviously, well, his long-term well, health. I'm hoping since the, the referral was to uh, an infectious disease person that they are, that, you know, the absolute correct way to, to do this is to take samples, find out what the infections are, find out what those organisms are already resistant to or what they're sensitive to, and then only treat with the, the correct one. Um, and, and some, sometimes general practitioners, uh, you know, they have to make some guesses and they do things. But by the time you get to the infectious disease person, they should be sort of doing things the the, the right way, by the book, by the number, and, and uh, hopefully solving the problems and issues that you're referring to. Let's take one last call from Cassidy in Wilkinsburg. Hi, Cassidy. Thanks for waiting. Hello? Yes, you're on the air, Cassidy. Hi, thanks for taking the call. Um, I had a question about the ability to pass resistance down genetically. Um, my, I always tell the story about like my mom getting some flu virus test in the 70s, and my brother and I have never had the flu. And I don't know if that's actually like why or if I just have a good immune system, but I'm wondering like if these resistances to um, bacteria can be passed down. So you're saying if you're a parent and you overuse antibiotics, can you pass down lower or, resistance? Um, yeah, or like if you are have like if you have a resistance to the flu as a parent, will your kid be more likely to be resistant? Or yeah, I guess like if you overuse antibiotics, can your kid be less likely mm-hmm. to be resistant? Yeah, so some of those are mixing and matching. So remember again the the the. Um, Flu is 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 a viral infection, so again, antibiotics will do nothing at all for you uh, if you have the flu. Um, what what happens is in the in the population is if you live in a household with somebody who does take maybe take a lot of antibiotics and select for uh, resistance, then yes, you can. You know, we share we share things in the same household. Uh, you you will pass off. That's actually in, initially the way uh, babies first get their microbiome. The way that their intestinal tract actually develops is you as a mother are passing off the good bacteria to the son or daughter uh, to, to colonize them, really, inoculate them uh, so that they uh, develop properly. So, you know, being too clean is actually a, a problem. I mean, some people want to sterilize their home and their environment, and it's actually, I think, detrimental. Hmm. Well, uh, thank you for that call, and uh, unfortunately we've come to time for this segment, but it's been uh, certainly fascinating, uh, and we've been talking about the Superbug case in Pennsylvania and uh, what we should be concerned about going forward with that. Dr. Joseph McCormick of Duquesne University's Bayer School of Natural and Environmental Sciences has been our guest. Dr. McCormick, thank you for being here. Thank you. Coming up, a look at the state of solar energy in Pennsylvania. It's Essential Pittsburgh on 90.5 WESA.